Science in diction and fact over fiction. Learning and growing and healing afflictions. Authentic and supportive, knowledge a plethora. Welcome to the Library of Alexandria. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Library of Alexandria. I'm so happy to be back here. I was not here last Thursday. I took the day off because it was my birthday. It was my 30th, and it was a fabulous day despite all of the wild personal stuff I'm going through. It was still a fabulous birthday. John and I went to a lovely Airbnb, which was pretty close to our home, which was cool, and we had a great time. I had a vision for how I wanted to aesthetically embody and represent myself as a 30-year young goddess, and I made it happen. I had this vision of this gold satin gown I wanted to wear. Well, it's more of like a dress. It's not really a gown. And I had a vision for how I wanted to wear my hair. I wanted this pretty hair piece. I wanted to stand and take photos in front of a chic pink wall. I had the fantasy and I made it happen. And I had a great time on my 30th. And I'm so excited to be 30. I've really been looking forward to my 30s for a while now because I know, because it's what I want and I'm going to make it happen, I know that I'm just going to really level up and elevate myself in my 30s. I already have my shit together now, so I know that as I continue to evolve and progress and as I continue to live in my aligned purpose and take action to create what I want for myself and for others, I know I'm just going to fucking kill it in my 30s, so I'm ready for it. So I am very excited about this week's podcast topic because the topic is the concept of being untamed, being an untamed human. And this applies to every gender, every sexuality, every human being on this planet needs to be untamed. As you all know, I am obsessed with Glennon Doyle and her memoir, Untamed. It's a phenomenal book. It was written for women. However, Glennon acknowledges that every human being can benefit from this book. Every human being will benefit from this book. Being untamed is radical and revolutionary. And in reality, it shouldn't be radical or revolutionary. The reason it is, is because the process and the choice of becoming untamed is, it goes against most of our cultural and societal norms and expectations. And has been that way basically since the dawn of humanity. Humans are such bizarre, fucked up, backwards animals, I swear. And (laughs) the fact that it's radical and revolutionary and deeply courageous to simply express yourself in your full humanity, that is a testament to the need for human beings to be untamed right there. Now, as I said, this book was written for women because in pretty much every culture and society, women are expected to be tamed, to present themselves as tamed, to embody being tamed, and to pass being tamed on to their female children. The glorification and perpetuation of celebrating and championing and expecting women to be untamed is hindering human progression and it is fueling the continuation of generational trauma. It has to stop. And this cultural and societal expectation goes against human nature. It is in favor of preserving human institutions, which we have created to oppress and control others. And we are continuing to uphold it in 2021. We need to evolve. And like with everything in the world, 
the concept of women and people in general, but especially women being tamed, was created by and is upheld by white supremacy. That is what created it. That's the foundation. And that is what is perpetuating it. It's wasp culture, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant culture. And it's horrifying because this taming mentality is a form of conditioning. And it's a form of conditioning that is meant to keep women small, meant to keep women fearful, meant to keep women uncomfortable in their skin. And yet, because of the deeply ingrained conditioning that's been going on since the dawn of time, white people in general, and especially white women, have mistaked being tamed for being and preserving their comfortability and safety, which is ass backwards. That's an oxymoron. That is how deeply ingrained this form of intentional and critically formulated control by the patriarchy has corrupted the very essence of how women view themselves, present themselves, conduct themselves, and believe about themselves. It's disgusting and it's horrifying. I'm going to read to you a thread of tweets that explains this exceptionally well. And it's going to be tweets from black people and white people's responses into this tamed wasp culture that is causing harm to everyone, especially people of color, especially black people. All right, here we go. We've got Marco Rogers. He is a black man. This is what he is saying. Did y'all know that a lot of white people don't have the cultural concept of real talk? You know, where you stop saying the diplomatic thing and tell people what's really going on. They just don't have it. You try to have a moment of real talk and they freak the fuck out. It's one of the things that makes it difficult for people of color, and black people especially, to form real trust relationships with white people. Y'all don't know what's going on because no one tells you, and no one tells you because you can't handle the actual truth. I've come to understand that white people have their own seemingly convoluted way that they decide what's going on and what to do about it. I have a really hard time navigating those rituals. I think a lot of us do. And it damages our ability to be successful in white spaces. Now I'm going to read you a reply from Erica Joy, who's a badass engineer, and she is a black woman. She says, Yup, I've been noodling on this and the amount of communication misses that happen because of it. If you violate the no discussions about conflicts rule, you have to go. On the flip, black folks expect real talk and never get it, which ends up putting us at a disadvantage. Marco Rogers replies, Right. Even those of us who have been relatively successful so far in figuring out how to move in white spaces can eventually run up against this. Failing to figure it out can put a hard limit on people of color's upward mobility. Erica Joy replies, Spitballing. If wasp culture is that you don't publicly discuss anything that could be the source of conflict, so no politics or religion at the dinner table, when conflicts are brought up in the workplace, the cultural standard is to ignore them versus discuss them. Now we have a reply from Laura Bridgewater, who is a white woman. This is what she says. Raised wasp here. There's conflict avoidance and also a whole dance to the passive-aggressive part of the culture that has me LOLing when people claim notes are passive-aggressive. Um, no, not even close. Wasps never discuss anything directly, but they'll come at it sideways with a glass knife. Seemingly innocuous phrases are actually put-downs, insults, or object lessons. People are left out in the cold with little to no warning. Grudges are epic. Conformity is prized. Candor is not. Directness is considered shockingly rude. 
You get good at reading microexpressions, tone, and body language because that's where the real WASP communication lies. You also learn to recognize when a random observation really isn't. My poor husband didn't really get this until my elderly father came to live with us for several months. Now here, another white woman replies, and this is what she said. This is true, and white women are tasked with sensing that real talk might be on the horizon and smoothing things over to keep it from happening. Many of us have internalized the notion that we are responsible for other people arguing to the point that we cry when we're unable to keep the peace. It's out of a genuine and completely misplaced sense of failure, but it also serves the purpose of redirecting people from whatever they're fighting about. This is also known as white women's tears. We need to stop it. And Marco Rogers responds by saying this, Oh shit, I've definitely experienced this, but I don't think I connected it in this way. If white women are tasked with keeping the peace, it explains a lot about why black folks so often end up being intimidating or aggressive in their minds. So that's the end of the thread, and it explained it perfectly. It explained how white people are tamed, especially white women, and how it not only harms them, it harms other people, especially people of color, especially black folks. Being tamed, celebrating a tamed mentality, striving for a tamed mentality and a tamed reality is rooted in white supremacy, which is rooted in patriarchy. And I've talked a lot about this on my Instagram. I put a lot about this on my stories about how white women in the workplace are making life and upward mobility so difficult and so taxing for people of color, especially black women. It's a huge problem. And Amanda Seals has a fantastic uh, podcast episode about this. Her podcast is called Small Doses, and she has an episode called Side Effects of White Women. And it is all about upholding this fuckery in the workplace and not just within the workplace but within other communities as well family communities you know all kinds of communities and this is exactly what i am currently dealing with in my family in my in-law family and on a positive note one of my sisters-in-law is actually becoming untamed right now uh she has woken up she is growing at a rapid rate and she is maintaining that she stays awake she's actually the one who sent me that that Twitter thread, because during this familial chaos and trauma, she she discovered that and it really resonated with her. And I think it really helped a lot of things click for her. Now, all of these truths do not take away from the other truth that tamed people are not just white people and white women. There are absolutely tamed people of color. There are absolutely tamed women of color. There are absolutely tamed black women. And it's deeply unfortunate and scary because that reality is reality because white supremacy is so deeply ingrained within all of us. And protecting white fragility and upholding that is so deeply ingrained within us, even if it's subconscious. And I'm here to tell you so that you can bring it to your conscious mind and be aware of it. I know there are people, there are men, there are white men, there are white women, there are people of color, there are black women. I know that within all of those groups, there are individuals who negatively and incorrectly judge me because I am a fiercely untamed woman. I know there are people saying, who the hell do you think you are? You feel entitled. You act entitled. You are an angry black woman. You are hostile. <laughs> I know there are people who think, who think negatively of me because I am extremely confident and I'm extremely secure in who I am. 
And I'm extremely secure in expressing that boldly and proudly and passionately. And that rubs a lot of people, especially women, regardless of their race, the wrong way. I use my voice every day to speak my truth, to speak the truth, and I do it confidently and with conviction. And again, that rubs a lot of women, even black women, the wrong way. And I really just want to underscore, it's not just white women, it's all women. It is ingrained within us to tear each other down. I experience it a lot (laughs) with people I know, with strangers on the internet, with friends, with family. I'm telling you, this is real and it's dangerous and regressive. And anytime I speak, I am using logic and I am speaking truth. I am speaking vulnerably and with poise. I'm going to read you some of my favorite quotes from Glennon Doyle's memoir, Untamed. And keep in mind, Glennon Doyle is a white woman. Or actually, no, I'm going to use Amanda Seal's term and say that she is a woman who happens to be white. And she's fucking brilliant. I'm going to read some words. And religion. Sweet Jesus. The lesson of Adam and Eve, the first formative story I was told about God and woman, was this. When a woman wants more, she defies God betrays her partner, curses her family, and destroys the world. We weren't born distrusting and fearing ourselves. That was part of our taming. We were taught to believe that who we are in our natural state is bad and dangerous. They convinced us to be afraid of ourselves. So we do not honor our own bodies, curiosity, hunger, judgment, experience, or ambition. Instead, we lock away our true selves. Women who are best at this disappearing act earn the highest praise. She is so selfless. Can you imagine? The epitome of womanhood is to lose oneself completely. That is the end goal of any patriarchal culture. Because a very effective way to control women is to convince them to control themselves. Another quote. When we are little girls, our families, teachers, and peers insist that our loud voices, bold opinions, and strong feelings are too much and unladylike, so we learn not to trust our personalities. Another quote, I quit spending my life trying to control myself and started to trust myself. We only control what we don't trust. We can either control ourselves or we can love ourselves. We can't do both. Love is the opposite of control. Love demands trust. Self-love means having a relationship with myself built on trust and loyalty. I trust myself to have my own back, so my allegiance is to the voice within. I'll abandon everyone else's expectations of me before I'll abandon myself. I'll disappoint everyone else before I'll disappoint myself. I'll forsake all others before I'll forsake myself. Me and myself, we are till death do us part. And another quote. My anger didn't mean that something was wrong with me. It meant that something was wrong out there. I stopped being a quiet peacekeeper and started being a loud peacemaker. My anger was good. I had been deceived. The only thing that was ever wrong with me was my belief that there was something wrong with me. I quit spending my life trying to control myself and instead trust myself. And another, this is an amazing quote. We do not need more selfless women. What we need right now is more women who have detoxed themselves so completely from the world's expectations that they are full of nothing but themselves. What we need are women who are full of themselves. 
A woman who is full of herself knows and trusts herself to say and do what must be done. She lets the rest burn. And another quote, what the world needs is more women who have quit fearing themselves and started loving themselves. What the world needs is masses of women who are entirely out of control. I like this quote. It's a blessing to know a free woman. She will help you remember who you are. And another. Blessed are those brave enough to make things awkward, for they wake us up and move us forward. I've got two more. A broken family is any family that pledges allegiance to a prescribed structure above each person's full humanity. A broken family is one in which any member must break herself into pieces to fit in. A whole family is one in which each member can bring her full self to the table, knowing that she will always be both held and free. Mm, and this last one. If someone tells you who they are, consider yourself lucky you are to be graced with that gift. Don't respond with an eviction notice, a permission slip, or a concession speech. Ungod yourself. Gasp in awe and applaud with gusto. So those are some quotes from Glennon Doyle's memoir, Untamed. If you haven't read that book, you absolutely need to. I have it on Audible. That's personally my preference because, especially since it's a memoir, I love that she can literally tell me her story. She can speak her story to me. She's telling it to me. I can hear the tone in her voice. I can hear the inflection. I can hear the conviction. I hear the truth. So I love having Glennon narrate her incredible story, her truth and wisdom to me. There was one quote in her book that I really wanted to recite for y'all, but I couldn't find it. It goes something like this, something like when women, when, when women become untamed and they jump out of their cage, women who are tamed quickly want to put them right back in that cage. And I think that's a very profound statement. After reading and completely embodying the concept of being untamed, I have decided that I cannot tolerate untamed women in my life. I just cannot. I'm not aligned with them. They're not aligned with me. We have a value clash. They're a hindrance. They're a burden. They're annoying. I cannot do it. If you're tamed, come to me when you're untamed. Now, I was already untamed before I read Untamed. However, that book and Glennon's words completely affirmed and validated that I was already untamed and it also encouraged me to become even more untamed i did it right away i took no time i was like this is a line this resonates this makes sense this is logical this is empowering this is right this is progressive i'm doing it not holding back at all and i feel fucking phenomenal i fucking love myself so much i deeply admire and respect myself i revere myself i'm empowered by myself when i feel down i listen to my podcast and that pumps me the fuck up it's a phenomenal feeling. I motivate the hell out of myself, and I am my biggest inspiration. God, that feels fantastic and phenomenal. I want all women to become untamed so that they can free themselves and live and conduct themselves and thrive at their highest, most authentic level and ultimately change the world and progress human society and push the collective forward. That is the ultimate goal. And it's just like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? How the hell are you going to love humanity? It's not going to happen. You're not going to push the collective forward. you got to love yourself deeply. You've got to respect yourself deeply and not just know that. You've got to own it. That's why self-reverence is self-love in action. Self-reverence 
is being, being untamed is self-reverence. Oh my goodness. I'm so passionate about this. All right, everyone. I could talk about untamed and Glennon Doyle forever. So for now, I will just tell you, get untamed. And I don't just mean the book. I mean, get yourself untamed. You can do it. I promise you. We can do hard things. My sister-in-law is working on getting untamed. John Malley is working on getting untamed. Oh my God, it's amazing to witness. Beautiful and wondrous to behold. And as usual, please leave a five-star rating if you haven't already. Please leave a review if you feel so inclined and haven't already. And please buy my merch. I have all kinds of candles. I've got the Protect Your Peace candles that are in the Rustic Lodge scent and the Stress-Free scent. I still have some Rose Petal scents. I've got more Rose Petal and Library on the way. They're currently en route. And I've got fabulous apparel. I've added more designs. I've added more types of apparel. Uh, like tighter tank tops and flowier tank tops. Oh my goodness, you should definitely check it out. There are masks, which hopefully we won't have to use for very much longer. Go check it out. Please support me. Support small black businesses. Support female-owned small black businesses. And represent yourself by protecting your peace and being a boundary badass, which is uh, some of the new merch, the new apparel that I have. It says boundary badass on it in rainbow letters. Oh my God, it's fierce. All right, everyone, get untamed. I hope this episode empowered you. And go fucking change the world with your untamed ass. I will see you back here next week. Love you all. Cheers. Oh, baby, baby, baby.